Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you. Uh, I'm Kirk Carnatz of ESD and chair of the Chapters Program Committee. Um, thank you all for joining us here today in our last program luncheon meeting of the 2017-2018 uh, season. Uh, we've had a great year of programs with some incredibly interesting speakers covering everything from optimizing the employee experience to future-proofing the corporate office. And if you were here two months ago, we actually held our first uh, CRED Talks in the spirit and format of TED Talks. And um, it was a great program. If you missed it, I encourage you to go, go back on the website and check out the podcast. We do podcast um, most, if not all, of the programs that are archived and available um, for our members to go back and take a look at. We also had the opportunity to uh, visit several um, project sites, um, the new headquarters of Zurich, North America, uh, out in Schaumburg, as well as Hyde International here in Chicago. Um, but today we're going to bring it all back home and, and end the season here with an overview on Cornet Global um, and local and why membership um, in, in terms of today's themes has its privileges. Um, I also want to point out um, we have a special feature going on here today that you might not uh, have noticed, but uh, we're piloting a live video stream of the event. Um, and I want to thank our membership uh, committee in particular, as well as especially our technology sponsor, Cushman and Wakefield, for making it all possible. We hope that this will um, provide easier access and uh, to our remote members in participating in our, our meetings and taking advantage of the opportunities that we have here. And if it goes well, um, we're looking forward to the potential of it being a regular uh, part of our, our program. So if you all could uh, maybe acknowledge those that are out of the po podcast, I'd appreciate it. Maybe a little bit of, uh, of applause. I think we have uh, 60 or so people um, streaming in with us today. So today we have a three-part uh, format, um, and hopefully we can get to the third part if we have enough time. But first, we're going to hear about the future of Cornet Global um, from our keynote uh, speaker, David Kamen. Then we're going to hear from our local uh, chapter chairs in somewhat of a rapid-fire arrangement from membership, community investment, university outreach, learning, young leaders, sponsorship, and special events, um, and they'll introduce themselves as they um, go through their programs here, uh, at the chairs here. And what I hope you see um, uh, in listening to them is get a better understanding of why Cornet membership has its privileges, privileges and especially how you can all get involved. Um, then we'll wrap up, as I said, if we have time, with Tony coming back up and, and doing in a true David Letterman uh, format, um, ending with the top 10 um, networking tips that we all can leave here with the summer to think about and, um, and get ready for coming back in September with the programs we re resume. So with that, uh, I'd like to introduce our featured speaker, David Kamen. David is a senior real estate executive with over 20 years leading companies in the real estate industry, including Aon Insurance, as Global Exec VP of Real Estate and Facilities, Johnson Controls as Global Director in Consulting, and currently with Ernst & Young as America's real estate leader in business enablement. David is currently the global chair the global chair uh, for Coronet Global in a two-year term that just began in March of 2018. He's been involved with Coronet and talking to him here um, for quite some time. David has earned the MCRH real estate designation and has served as lead faculty for the last 15 years at Coronet. David is a graduate of the University of Missouri with double majors in political science and sociology. And David is the father of three children and lives right here in Chicago. Um, so please uh, join me in a uh, warm welcome with David and uh, coming to the stage. David? Thanks, Dave. 
Hi, good afternoon, thanks. Um, I was just thinking about the last time I did a presentation on Future Forward was in, at the Asia Summit. We had about 600 people there in a room about five times the size and it was right in the middle of lunch. So I'm very, feel free to keep eating. I don't, I'm not distracted by food flying around or clanking plates or anything. So it's good to have a little bit of a more intimate setting. Um, so I want to maybe just do a little bit of a, of a introduction before I get into Future Forward um, and talk a little bit about what's going on at the board at Cornet and as well as some of the, um, the issues that we're looking at right now that, that really um, uh, parallel this Future Forward initiative. Uh, the board about a year ago decided that we would take a different approach to what typical associations do and what Cornet has done in the past in responding to or supporting uh, activities that are going on in an industry. So from a real estate perspective, uh, we at the board level believe that we're at a, almost at an inflection point in the industry. And concerning what, where we are with global markets, with the uncertainty of global economies, uh, then you bring it down to our industry and what's changing in the real estate world. I think we're at a point that we've actually never had to deal with before or never even um, uh, were part of before. Just by show of hands, it would help. Could you guys let me know how many of you have been involved in real estate for 10 years or less? Okay, and 10 years or more? Okay, so more than 10 years. All right, so is, the reason I say that is because, again, with everything that's going on in the global markets and the uncertainty and everything else in real estate, I don't know if you've seen this. We've clearly seen this at, at uh, EY, and I've seen this with, with other colleagues and peers as well. When we were talking about the advancements of technology, the reality of this is that we believe that where maybe five, 10 years ago, real estate was driving a lot of the change that's going on in the industry. Right now, I see us as really supporting what HR and technology are leading with. There's such a war for talent. That's one of our, uh, at EY, it's one of the biggest issues that we have is how do we find and attract and retain the right people? Then how do we provide them with the right tools to help them be successful in their roles and then, oh, by the way, the third thing is, where do we put these people, right? So our role as real estate, I think, has taken much, you know, has gone down quite a bit. Now, the, the challenge with this is in how do we stay relevant, right? How do we stay relevant as an industry? And how do we stay relevant with our internal stakeholders, as we call them, stakeholders, our internal clients? So I am constantly, I just am, actually my team, my America's team is, is over here, um, over on Michigan Avenue right now, and I've challenged them with how do we as an entity stay relevant, how do we continue to add value to our organization? Because in our organization, we're so focused on hiring the right people, supplying them with the right technologies and the right tools that they can go out and be successful with their clients, and again, the right real estate. But again, that real estate is now the third most important thing. So, with all that being said, you look at the industry, think about what's going on in the industry. Think about how many corporate real estate roles are be either being outsourced or refilled with people that are not in the real estate industry. I know a lot of positions, former corporate real estate leads, 
Would those roles have been replaced by people in HR, people in technology, people in the business, real estate roles now reporting into HR technology? So, you know, we have one or two ways that we can respond to this. We can either accept it and just continue to go on about our life and see what happens, and maybe we've got three, four more years until we retire, then we can let the other generation deal with it. Um, of course, I'm not in that area. I'm in the area that's most affected by this. Or we can decide that um, we want to be more proactive. We want to take this and, and take a hold of it ourselves. That's really what the association is looking at, what the board is looking at right now. So as a result of that, how do we help support the industry and our, and our members? The initiative of Future Forward was uh, created. We had a Future Forward uh, session here in Chicago, uh, I don't know, all these days are running together with everything that's going on, but a few weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, um, and it was one of four sessions that we've had around the world. So I'll talk about that in a sec, but this is the, um, really what the scope of Future Forward is, and the intent of this is to look at where the industry is going, not just what's happening today, but where are we gonna be in 2025 as an industry? Okay, now I got two buttons here, I did it. Um, Envision and, I can't even read this now, sorry. Vision and forecast the association model of the future, produce the works and reports, energize and, and engage in a diverse uh, a mix of members in understanding what's going on. So what we've done as an association is we've put together these work groups in different parts of the world. We had a session in uh, uh, Singapore. Um, we've had sessions in the UK. That's it. I can't read that. <laughs> I said I'm in that middle group. I can read this without my glasses. Like, no, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. I'm fine. If you stand right there and hold it, then you're But again, we were looking to uh, focus in these areas with these people to help us come up with where do we think the industry is going. Oh, thank you so much. Gigantic laptop. Okay. All right. So again, we divided this into four work streams. The future of belonging, the future of learning, convening, information, and content. And in each one of the sessions that we had around the US and in the UK, we had table breakouts that focused on this. Now we had a session in Chicago. How many were attended that session by any chance? One, okay, that's interesting. Um, the feedback that I got though at the table was very, was very positive. And what we did there was we asked those in the room to participate and to really take off your glasses of the work that you do today. Forget about everything that we do today to focus on where the future is. And again, we're looking at 2025. So we put some pretty bold predictions and some pretty bold statements up there. But again, when you think about where we're going, you have to be realistic about the industry's changing so fast that quite honestly, I think over the next three years, most of what we're doing today is gonna to be different. Now, again, maybe I'm too much of an alarmist or too sensitive to the change and you know, some of you sit in the audience and say, I'll still be here three years from now, this guy will still probably be wearing the same suit, the same haircut, saying the same things, nothing's gonna change. We are a slow adapting industry. For those of us that have been here longer than, in this industry longer than 10 years, I mean, at the end of the day, we're still doing the same things with a different spin on it that we were doing 20 years ago. But this is different though, again, and this is primarily driven by technology. So in each of these areas, we focused on certain things. As you can see, 
We looked at the, uh, the politics around uh, the global politics when we were in London. We looked at the social aspect of change in Singapore, the technology in Northern California, the environment of what we did in Chicago, and the economic impact when we were in New York. And what we've done with that is we've spent the entire day through a, uh, a moderator and someone that was uh, transcribing all the notes and the messages and the conversations that we had. They're at Cornet right now assembling all that. They're going to share the results of the, of the feedback with the board in early September, end of July, early September. And we're going to start pushing out the results of all these uh, reviews uh, beginning in October in Boston at the summit. So again, what some of the things that we've heard were, you know, talking about meetings, how we're going to meet, where are we going to meet, learning. Um, are we going to continue to have the learning sessions as we have them in different geographies around the world? Are there better ways to do this? Um, we looked at the social aspect of this. Do people still want to get together for summits? Do they want to do this more remotely? Um, and again, when we challenged the people who were in the room, um, we really pushed the way of thinking. So we were hearing things like, maybe we do a summit uh, virtually, or we do a summit on a, on a cruise ship. Um, how, do we, how do we do our learning? Do we do all the learning through just-in-time learning? So you can go onto YouTube or whatever format will be out there over the next couple of years and do all the learning that way. Do we need to convene for these type of things? Really the whole intent of this was how do we continue to support this? Not necessarily how am I going to do my job or how are you going to do your job, but how is the association going to support what we're doing? And again, you look at these, uh, the themes that, we, that, were, that were coming up, uh, it's, it's, I don't know if you would agree with this or if you have other thoughts to this or, or, or disagree with this, but again, what we've and through the groups would have, uh, have validated is that the most important thing for them, for those of us serving corporate real estate, whether you're an end user or a service provider or a furniture dealer, is how do we stay relevant? How do we stay ahead of what's going on? And what's going on today Again, if you agree with the fact, or you semi-agree with the fact that real estate's not driving for the most part, it's really, again, the, the human component to this and the technology supporting that, what's the relevance to us, right? And again, maybe I'm more of an alarmist, but I would look at this group and say, do we need to continue to do real estate the way we're doing it today? Do we need to continue to transact real estate? Do we need, do we need to continue to strategize real estate? Well, you know, it's been... 10 minutes and I haven't even mentioned robotics or AI, right? But the reality of this is that, you know, again, don't shoot the messenger here, but I think that a bot can probably do every one of our jobs today, right? I don't see anyone really shaking their head violently, no. Everyone's gonna throw something at me on the way out. But, you know, that's my fear, right? E&Y has robots today and bot programs today doing tax returns. We do audits through robotics. They do it five times faster with a lot fewer mistakes and they make a lot more money doing it that way. Okay? Typically we in real estate outsource the tactical components to our roles and we hold strategy so close to the vest. But is the strategy that we hold so tight, is it that strategic that a bot can't do this? I mean, again, I've said this before to a lot of people, this isn't stem cell research, right? We're putting together strategies for corporate real estate. I mean, if I can learn it, a bot's got to be able to do it, right? 
So what's the value that we're adding? How do we stay ahead of these changes? How do we support HR? How do we support technology? And how can we leave that? Right? Because all the stuff that's getting done is still within the space. We've had disruptors in the industry like the WeWorks and some of these other things that really, you know, for the first time have really shaken our industry. But WeWork is 10 years old. Right? What's next? Okay? How do we look for space today? How do we, you know, when, when we look at space and we look into five-year lease terms or seven-year lease terms, we're doing a project in New York right now that's longer than seven years. That's not going to be occupied by us for two years from now. So I've said to our stakeholders, what that means is we're designing space today for people that are in grade school. How do we do that? How do we know how people are going to work? How do we know how people are going to work three years from now? How do we know people are going to work 10 years from now? That puts a huge risk on what we do, right? I mean, think about that statement. That's pretty difficult to do. That's pretty difficult for us to manage. So that's what we're having to deal with. And oh, by the way, don't commit us to too much space because then we're going to be inefficient and you're going to be costing us too much money and you're going to be let go, right? But then again, give us the right space with the right flexibility and the capital to do what we need to do you know, this is the, the problem that we've all been dealing with for forever, right? The duration of lease terms versus the, the, uh, the capital that's involved. How do we have the flexibility for all this stuff? These are all the things that we have to think about. Now we have these challenges of the external uh, global market, the workplace, and the industry changing around us as well. And then the last component to all of this stuff is, again, what we have at our firm, and I don't know how it is but with all of you, but I know it's pretty consistent across the globe. It was this way when we were talking with people in Asia. It's the same way when we were talking with people in Europe. 75 to 80% of our workforce today are 27 years old or younger. Okay? Aside from the fact that that's a lot of younger people running around, that's also a big chunk of people that are moving through this system. Okay? And people in that demographic behave differently than people of a different generation. But we have to be accommodating to all of this. Again, if we can't figure it out and we let our HR people, our technology people uh, drive this, where's the value that we're adding? So this is where, we're, where we will be as an association. We will come up with um, uh, summarizing and uh, collab uh, um, coordinating all of the feedback all of the, uh, the thoughts and the research that's been developed over these past five sessions, we've had uh, three, uh, call, uh, three calls, global calls, uh, with young leaders and others around the world. Cornet right now, even as we speak here today, uh, I speak here today, is putting this, all this information together. We'll uh, coordinate this uh, end of July, beginning of September as a board, and again, start pushing this out to you, uh, to, to members <clears throat> in early October. Even though we've had these sessions, if there's any, if there's any, um, any one of you have any thoughts, anyone who would like to contribute to any of this, um, you can reach out. This is all on the website, on the Cornet Global website. You can either reach out to Angela Kane. Uh, you can send an email if you go to the website and do this. We're, everybody is still open to suggestions and ideas. And again, what we like are the most outrageous ideas ever. Right, so do we want to hold the next, uh, or the, the 2022 Chicago lunches on a spaceship? Yes, why not, right? I mean, those are the things we've got to start thinking about. So 
I'll stop talking, see if anybody's got any questions or ideas. Bruce. Thank you. When, you. when you talk about you're going to push it out in October, the information, how's it going to be, have you given thought about how is it going to be available? Because it sounds like it's the drinking from the fire hose, and if everybody gets a 300-page slide deck, it's not going to be consumed. So how do you plan to bring it out and will it be part of the national uh, convention? Yeah, we're going to put 300-page uh, paper, paper copies in everybody's chair when they come to the summit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I, you know, it depends on what comes out of July. Um, electronically, obviously, is how we're going to do it. How we're going to break it up into pieces, we're not sure yet. Uh, there's been a lot of data that's been put together. It's just really a question of how we're going to separate this into separate functions. Oh, is it going to, it won't come all, it's, it's not going to be, you know, just here it is, right? Go, go look at all this stuff. But a lot of this is probably going to be um, socialized through different events, different webinars, and then we'll probably, you know, probably be available in totality as well. Uh, David, did you engage um, the millennial, the future leaders of our world in any part of this? And uh, I mean, maybe it's just a topic for a future lunch or something like that, or a, a video of, yeah. of them in a conference room without. So have we have we connected with the uh, millennial? You mentioned group? at the very end. Is yeah. the, you know was that part of your study? And is there some? Yeah. So so the you know the sessions are were open to everybody. Um, we found that in some of these they were a little top heavy, a little senior heavy. Um, so these uh, phone calls, these conference calls were really targeted to that age group. Um, depending on the location, we had a much different population mix that was there. I would say Chicago, um, respectfully, was quite senior heavy. Um, so we had to have the font much bigger and everybody had to talk a lot louder. <laughs> but when we were like in uh, Northern California, uh, for example, we had a lot of younger people there. When we were in London, we had a lot of uh, younger people there and got some really interesting feedback. And that's so interesting when you look at, you know, someone like me who's been doing this for 20 plus years, as they said, you know, versus someone that hasn't been doing this uh, for so long. I mean, you get someone who's saying that, why don't we even need real estate brokers anymore? Well, you know, I would look at that and say, well, we always need real estate brokers. So that mix is really what, what has been driving a lot of this. And, and that voice is really, really important. We also have some university... Uh, uh, people who have, uh, kids, I guess, university people have come in and, and provided some input on this as well. Thank you, yeah, uh, it's coming. Hey, David, I agree with your uh, point about real estate being third, but what I understand from my friends and these other associations in IT and HR, they themselves are struggling with their own professional associations. And I'm just wondering if Future Forward is looking at things like what's happening in other geographic regions where associations are becoming cross-functional and merging as opposed to staying in their own yeah, areas. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it, it's interesting because, you know, we are corporate real estate, right? And there's this other association called IFMA, right? And there's other associations. And we have members that cross across all of them. We've got, you know, there's a different Cornet type of association in Europe. Um, so we look at, you know, right now, how do we go deep and how do we go broad? Uh, Angela Kane, who's our, our uh, global CEO, just came back from Washington, D.C., where she attended a kind of a roundtable of different associations who are all talking about the same thing, Gary, because it, it's true. I think the lines are, you know, this is such a bad terminology, the blurred lines, but the blurred lines 
are there between these different associations? And you know, do they kind of come together? Does an, 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 uh, I can't remember the name of the HR association, but the big one, Shermer? Sherm. Yeah, does Sherm you know, come closer to us? And do we start cross-developing different education uh, sessions or whatever it may be? But yeah, clearly those are all together. And, and again, we're all kind of in the same boat. You know, where are these things going? But again, Angela's taking a, a strong step to this, and we're going to start, uh, you'll be, we're going to hear it this afternoon, actually, as a board, we have a call. She's going to start talking about some of the output coming from that. So David, how do you see this shaping Cornet's learning strategy and curriculum going forward? Well, uh, uh, another great question. Um, we, so over the last probably three years, we went through a, re, um, a revision or a cleanup or a, whatever you want to call it of the, of the learning courses. Um, it, was, it's long, it was long overdue, and they've all been updated at this point. Um, but I still think we're thinking about the same things. We're talking about finance. We're talking about portfolio strategy. We're talking about um, you know, the environmental aspect of this. And when you look at what's going into the future, that core is always going to be relative, but what else is out there? So as part of this, um, one of the subsets that we have of it is the education. It's not just you know, where are we going to be teaching or how are these courses going to be offered, but what is the content of these things? And that's probably one of the biggest um, areas of focus is what are we adding to keep our members ahead of what's going on, right? Because, it, you know, at some point, and the other component to this is, is when I went through and got my MCR designation, we took the, the finance, we took the portfolio strategy, we took some of these other things. But since then, people coming into the industry already have that background. And, and so you can see some of the courses already evolving to focus on things like um, coaching on executive speaking or presentation skills or some of the other softer skills associated with these type of roles. So the education will continue to evolve as well as how and where the education is being delivered. It's, and, and, you know, some of the feedback that we've gotten has been really interesting. You know, this concept of do we need to, do we need to convene to have an education um, uh, session, right? Why don't we just have this as, um, you know, Gary, you can, on your train ride home, you can log into it and, and get your education credit that way. You don't need to be with a group. Or you can have a virtual group, right? So those are the type of things that all of this is incorporating. Hi, David. Nat Porter and Nelson back here. Hello. Oh. Um, I'm curious, uh, for real estate to drive uh, instead of one of the other professions, um, it, it seems like the view needs to be broadened a bit from the current model where cost and transaction are so dominant in how they operate. Uh, so what are your thoughts on what needs to change with that model so we aren't, don't become irrelevant because we're focused on the wrong thing? Yeah. So I operate out of a position of fear. So I always think we're on the line of becoming irrelevant every single day. And the reality that, you know, the nice message that I give to my team is that we're nothing but a cost factor to the organization. We don't produce any revenue. So have a nice day, walk into your job with those two thoughts. Um, and that's on a good day, right? But, um, you know, without giving you too much of what we're doing as, as, a, as, a, uh, as a firm and more about the, the general side of this, I think there's so much more focus on the environment and um, how we can support how people work 
and help them enable how they work, right? Help our technology, um, help our people be able to work in different type of environments. We, we create in some of our spaces now so much less about workstations and offices and conference rooms. Just what's the experience? What's the, what's the feeling you get when you get into the space? Can you work in these type of environments? Can you work on a couch? Can you work on a, on a, you know, a, a bench type of situation? I mean, we're, we're introducing some of the most funky designs in our space that our senior leaders, you know, the 25% that's over 30 years old, they look at this and I don't even know how to sit in, in these things. But the 80% of the people that are in our workforce today, you know, they come from college um, or from grad school, and they transition into this. You know, it was really interesting. I had a conversation with someone the other day, and they were saying, people come out of, out of school, get a job, and either you give them an environment to work in that they're comfortable with and they're familiar with and they, they're productive, or you revert back to what they were doing when they were in first grade as, Timmy, go sit in that seat. That's your desk, that's your chair, right? So there's two ways to do this. You can either, you know, provide that transition for them and give them an opportunity to work in that type of environment that they're comfortable with and they can continue to grow and, and provide the you know, value back for the money that we're paying them or you revert back to where they were 15 years ago. And so for us specifically, we, you know, cost is the thing that drives all the time, right? For us, we can't do anything unless we continue to reduce our, our overall spend on, on real estate and keep that, that expense down. But we rarely talk about cost of real estate. For us, it's all about the experience and it's all about the design. And that's part of that where I feel our, our, we're at risk because that's kind of not real estate, right? That's really HR stuff. So when I, when I came back to the firm a couple years ago and sat through two days of orientation, 90% of the conversation was about the flexibility of how we can work, where we can work, um, the ability to move around to different offices. That was HR talking about real estate. So Future Forward, where the organization is going, where the association is going, is helping to provide these tools and these learning opportunities for all of us to help continue to put us ahead of these things so we can prepare ourselves for what, the, what our own organizations or clients are going through. See how I kind of wrap that up? Thank you. Thank you, David. Let's give him another big hand. So we'd like to call, please everybody keep your seatbelts on. Um, we'd like to call up our, our chair, committee chairs at this point. So as I mentioned, the second part of the program here will be re to review what we're doing at the local level and our chairs will be presenting um, in rapid fire, uh, a quick overview of the activities, initiatives, and how you might uh, think about getting involved with the organization. Steve's up first. Steve's up first. Yeah.
Great, good afternoon. My name is Steve Monaco um, with Monaco and Company. I'm the chair of the membership committee. Um, our co-chairs, uh, Kerry Ruban with CBRE and Smita Sahu with uh, BKL Architecture. We have about uh, eight uh, people on our committee. And so today I'm gonna just go through a few slides of what we're, what we're up to and how, to, how you can uh, get involved. The um, recently, uh, every year, there's a contest uh, within Cornet Global, how many, um, um, the renewal pr uh, process of membership. Chicago uh, took, took the big award this year, so um, congrats to everyone uh, who's here and who's about to join. But this really gives an indication that we're very active in Chicago, that we're growing and we have committed members year over year. So that's really the launch point of giving us the confidence to examine how do we continue to uh, drive uh, membership value. Um, we did a survey last year, and from the data, we looked at what's the data telling us. We asked a few questions. One of the questions was, um, would you uh, uh, participate if we did a live streaming event? Uh, so obviously, because of that, we're, we're in test pilot program. So um, the rest of these uh, actions are from that uh, survey. Uh, a quick stat here, we have 444 members in Chicago, and we have a... Um, um, we have a, uh, a dashboard. Uh, what are the demographics and what, what can we learn from the de demographics? How many end users? How many service providers? Um, how many are in the suburbs? How many members are out of state? And when we looked at the different demographics, the question to the membership team was, how do we engage everybody? Um, so membership committee is really the membership experience committee. And so you'll see these initiatives um, that we've embarked upon because we really want to make sure that we're delivering value for each segment uh, of our membership. The first one, uh, so it's a three-prong approach. How do we engage with the, the new members, the, the uh, existing members, and then the future members, right? So that's kind of how we're looking at it. Um, the new membership experience, um, pre and post communications about our luncheons. We, we reached out, uh, for example, this month, we had 11 new members. We sent an email inviting them to an orientation meeting, just a round table in the back of the room. We made introductions, here's how to get involved. So literally within the first two weeks of joining a member, we wanna be out in front um, um, connecting. And then everyone on the membership committee is assigned a new member to be that point person throughout the year. Saying, so, you know, okay, we have an event coming up you may not know about, um, and just so we have a go-to person throughout the year. Second is driving the engagement with the existing members. We're about to embark on a summer without a few months of luncheons, so we have a newsletter coming up where we're um, introducing the new members, the, the activities, and ways to get connected, not only to global resources, but uh, Chicago resources. We've activated a new LinkedIn company page. Um, so there's a difference. There's a group page where you can make a post, but then there's a company page. So you can look forward to company sponsors posts about uh, Cornet here in Chicago, um, uh, thought leadership. And again, if you're interested in joining that, uh, that team to help us drive the, the LinkedIn strategy, uh, please see me afterwards or, or, or Nat in the back room. And then finally, how do we connect with the out-of-state um, portion of our membership? So again, this, this live streaming event is, is the new initiative to connect with those who may be traveling or who are permanently out-of-state. 
And then finally, how, how do we target uh, growth? Now, what Chicago corporations are not members? Let's be proactive in getting in front of them to really enrich our community. Um, suburban uh, roundtables. I went to my first suburban roundtable at Allstate uh, six years ago, and that's how I got involved. And so, you know, how do we uh, continue um, with that suburban outreach? And then finally, partnering with young leaders. Um, we're going to have conversations with the senior leadership of all of our members and encourage them to, to um, reach uh, outreach to the young leaders of their company and get them involved. So that's our three-pronged approach. And I'm going to quickly go through the eight ways to, to get involved. We, we have eight initiatives. If you want to join the membership committee, uh, we would hope one of these uh, uh, has a spark for you. It's the new membership welcome, the LinkedIn team I discussed, the out-of-state outreach, corporate end users, suburban roundtable, uh, the newsletter, the Young Leader Outreach, and finally, the annual appreciation event. So there's plenty of opportunity to get involved, in, and uh, we feel that when you join a committee, you, uh, you make better connections and network and, um, you know, best results. Thank you. My name is Constance Bowen, and I chair the Community Reinvestment Committee, and we have Chris Cole in the audience, my co-chair. And I would like to say that the CRC is so very well represented in the room. We have a lot of our committee members, if you want to raise your hand, um, throughout the luncheon. Um, you can see some of their faces here on the slide. Uh, one of the greatest privileges, if we're thinking about membership having privilege, um, that I find as a professional is being able to give back to the community of Chicago. And that is essentially the mission of the CRC committee. The CRC offers you an opportunity to invest your talents, um, to build relationships across the Cornet membership, um, and then also make local community impact. Thank you. And this community impact, we've kind of given some of the numbers um, associated with the impact that we make uh, year after year. This year alone, we're centering our efforts around three main organizations. You see the Sue Duncan Children's Center. Uh, they support academic excellence for children within Chicago. Uh, the Ronald McDonald House, uh, that house is actually nearby. And one really fascinating fact is that all of the excess lunch food that you have at a Maggiano's luncheon gets hand delivered by one of the CRC members to the Ronald McDonald House, where we provide a meal for the families that are there. Um, the other organization we're supporting in 2018 is the Annexer Center, and the Annexer supports um, children, teens, and adults with disabilities, about 8,000 of them here in Chicago. With each of these organizations, we support them through either back-to-school drives, with the example of Sue Duncan Children's Center, or as I said before, with Ronald McDonald House and the lunches. And at Annexer Center, we also have sweat equity events um, that support their clientele. 
So if you want to get involved with the CRC, it's terribly easy. And if you're very nervous about um, participating in Cornet activities, we're such a welcoming committee. Other committees believe they're welcoming. We are the most welcoming <laughs> committee. Oh, wow. Um, you, can, <laughs> you can join us. Um, our next event is in partnership with the Young Leaders. Um, there's a charity event in August. Um, as well as uh, the back to school drive that I mentioned before and the holiday toy drive. We'll also be making a visit to the Sue Duncan Children's Center. So if you'd like to participate in um, improving the academic lives of children as well, we welcome you. All of our um, announcements are on the Cornet webpage. But as you saw in the faces of our first slide, reach out to anyone on our committee and we will pull you in. Who's next? I know, that's a hard act to follow. <laughs> Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Drew DePriest. I am the Corporate Real Estate Technology Lead for the Americas Portfolio at Aon, and also this year's Chair of the University Outreach Committee. Uh, and in addition to my co-chair, Sonia Del Rio with Chicago City Council, in a small but mighty, uh, even more so welcoming group of three others, <laughs> are responsible for, uh, to borrow a, a turn of phrase from uh, Mr. Kamen, in the event that the robots don't take over our jobs by 2025, we are trying to help grow the talent pipeline by identifying potentially interested students at universities and colleges within driving distance of Chicago. And uh, the, the short story that we've learned in, in brief interaction with this community is that a lot of college students don't always know what CRE is. And for many of them, once they find out what it entails, then they get super excited and then want to ask, well, how do I get there? That is the challenge and the barrier that we take as our mission uh, to eventually try to break down. So if, Steve, if you go to the next one. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we're, we're focusing this year uh, along these three initiatives and activities above me, really big high-level goals to try to go broad and deep. So it, traditionally, I know uh, Cornet likes to focus on universities and colleges who have a real estate program. We're, we're trying to bake in curriculum. There's a book uh, that we have uh, from Global that we provide and share out to try to build courses, which is a great path uh, to provide for the future. We're also looking to broaden that net as well. And if you think about it, how many of you majored in real estate in college? One. It's a big one. Tony, Tony counts for five. So it's a small percentage. There we go, yes. Uh, the, the lesson there is we're trying to focus more on every other potential major that could have a future path into corporate real estate. So uh, between that and going broader, we're trying to spread out a little bit beyond Chicago as well. Uh, we're starting to make friends up in Wisconsin. Uh, not only for their beer and cheese, but also for their student talent to try to get them involved in Cornet. Uh, specifically, if any of these get you excited and want to get involved with, uh, again, we are also very welcoming. This feels like a, re a reverse date auction of sorts. <laughs> um, so our three major activities for university outreach for the year, one is scholarship. At the Real Awards in November, we will award a $5,000 and potentially going higher uh, scholarship. That student then gets Cornet uh, membership for a year. My co-chair for University Outreach this year won that scholarship, was it last year or the year before, Steve? Two years ago. So it's effective. It, we're trying to drive uh, 
talent to get them more involved in the organization. The second piece, my personal favorite, is the academic challenge. Every year, global sponsors, you can think of it as a case competition. Uh, this year is focused on technology disruptors, which is very appropriate for the robots that will be taking over in the next seven years. Effectively, we encourage all of the students within a local radius to apply. In this case, it's by August 17th. They can have a team of up to four people. Global selects the top three from around the world, and they all get flown to Global Summit, where they get plopped down right in front of a, an expo floor booth. They have a final presentation on a case study that they are encouraged to get help from all three to 5,000 people just like us in that room. So it's a massive networking opportunity for them. Um, very proud to say Steve did a lot of work with 2016's world champion University of Illinois real estate team who in Philadelphia bested schools from, I believe it was India, Houston, and the Netherlands. Uh, so a $5,000 award for the school, but the students, they stay involved. Two of the team members in that photo, uh, Logan and Inez, were at Global Summit last year as advisors for Academic Challenge. It's just a, it's a great program. Uh, and then from a, a, a local, more consistent programming perspective, we're always trying to do outreach, classroom visits, meeting with, with local faculty to get involved. Uh, so if, if any of that sounds appealing, please let us know. And then last slide is so really, who are we looking for? Um, if anything in, in the way of a passion for education, for mentorship, if, if that strikes you as something that you would like to donate some of your time with, that's who we're looking for to join the UO committee and help really kind of identify the next human part of pipeline for corporate real estate in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Tony, you got the uh, timer ready there? Um, hi, everyone. As uh, mentioned earlier, John Wickman with Cushman and Wakefield. I've uh, been involved with Coronet for the better part of a decade here in Chicago in a variety of different roles. Uh, this year, jumped back in um, based upon some feedback and some things that we heard, uh, which I think is one of the most important common themes you'll hear across uh, with the chapter today and under the leadership of Tony and Liz and Rich and uh, Lauren and, and those that um, we're listening uh, to what the members are saying, and then we're putting forth good, thoughtful content uh, and, and materials and programming and things around that. So with the relaunch of the learning series uh, here in Chicago, some of you remember learning as it used to be a half-day piece that um, had some starts and stops, and, and you saw some things from time to time. Uh, we're trying to get some consistency with that, but our, really our mission is to become a premier learning opportunity. Um, this is really based on some feedback. We did some road shows with some of the major end user groups around the Chicago area, and this was a product of that. Um, the image up there right now is also a rebranding that went along with that, um, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, so here on some a uh, lot of bullet points about what our plan was, we thought it was important to be detailed about this, but it's uh, focused around you know high value, high quality content. Uh, these are educational workshops. Um, they're going to be focused uh, uh, to start off with on our end user community. Uh, we heard in the feedback that they want opportunities to meet with their peers, to share with their peers, uh, and to um, not only just uh, feel a little bit more comfortable um, being around their peers, um, but then uh, over time evolve that into, uh, into you know, opening up for membership at large. Uh, we've relied upon MCR faculty, so some of our national um, uh, certified faculty members, um, to provide that. And then we're trying to create something that's sustainable that we can do over the long term. So right now we're on a quarterly pace to do these. So we're targeting three or maybe four for this year. 
Um, we did one, Steve, next slide, um, out at our BP campus back in April. Uh, they were kind enough to host us and had a fabulous program out there. Uh, right here you see some of the work output of this that's then going to be circulated back to our end user community to be made available. Um, it's an infographic that they put together um, and it was uh, around uh, activation of underutilized real estate. Uh, in particularly around some of these great spaces that are being designed today. How do you maximize these great big cafe spaces uh, when you have to break them down into smaller bits and pieces? Uh, I had some great outputs of that and some great thought. Uh, we had a program which I didn't have time to get uh, really formalized into this, which was last week uh, hosted up at Abbott Laboratories, which was really around technology. Um, uh, Drew, you uh, helped facilitate some of that and we're a heavy participant in that. We were oversubscribed uh, in terms of attendance, um, which was great. Uh, talked to People have mentioned about drawing uh, to our greater community. We, like Steve's group and the others, have done some mapping of where our members are and they're not all here in Chicago, surprisingly. <laughs> um, they're in the suburbs, they're in Milwaukee, they're in Indianapolis. Uh, we're trying to drive this content out there um, to where they're based. We had folks uh, drive down, one of the guys who's a new member from Kohler drove two hours down to the presentation, uh, which was was a testament to the high quality of the presentation and the speakers and, uh, and his feedback immediately was, man, that was totally worth my time. Uh, loved engaging with the folks that were there. So uh, last slide. Neil Desai uh, from Oracle uh, is my co-chair. Uh, we've got a small committee, too, that supports us um, uh, right now, but certainly reach out to Neil or I if you're interested. Uh, you've got an idea for a topic. Like I said, we've got a pretty good roadmap right now, but we're always open and willing to hear uh, if you've got other ideas. Uh, and if you are an end user, please reach out to us, uh, figure out how to get engaged and find out what uh, what's on the horizon for us. Uh, and if you're not an end user, keep an eye out. We've got some things planned for 2019 uh, in a little larger format to uh, also deliver the same sort of learning opportunities. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Laura Baxt. I'm with Kelso Burnett, an electrical contractor in the city. I'm the co-chair of Young Leaders. I apologize for my voice. I have some sinus issues this week. <laughs> um, but Sheila Carroll, she's with CBRE. She is our chair for the Young Leader Committee. And we are very excited for this year. We've um, had some great events already. Our Young Leader um, Speed Mentor event was a few months, or last month. Time flies. Um, it was last month, and it was successfully Done, but a quick overview of who we are. Um, any member that joins Cornet and who is under the age of 36 is automatically a young leader in the Cornet membership committee, um, or in the membership. And we actually invite them all to be on our committee. So each month we hold a monthly meeting as a committee to kind of give everyone a download of what's going on and engage them in the Cornet. And they're welcome to come and be a part of it. Otherwise, they're also just welcome to come and mingle and with other young leaders in the um, Cornet membership community. So also we have um, three events planned and they're hosted by our committee each year. We have our Young Leader Speed Mentor event, which I just mentioned, which was last month. We have our trivia event, which is coming up this summer, um, TBD on the date. And we also have a new member rally um, in the fall, I believe it is. This is my first year, so I'm racking my brain for that, but I believe it's in September um, that we do, or the new year, it's in the new year that we do. And that actually this year was a really big hit and we had some new faces and it was nice to have that engagement there. Um, but we can go to the next slide. So this is just some images of our events that we had. Yes, it was January. So January, our young leader meet and greet. April, we hosted Speed Mentorship. August, the charity event, which this year we're hoping is going to be another really great year. Last year, we, I think, planned for like 40 or five 
people or so, and about over 70 people showed up and had a fantastic time. And it is for a charity, so it was great to see that many people people participate in it. And it's a lot of fun, and it's welcome to all members and outside members to be in attendance at that. Um, and then as far as getting involved, we encourage all young leaders to join us in our committee meetings. We enjoy each other's company, at least I like to think we do. Um, and we, you know, it's a good way to carol some ideas together of how to get more involved and how to engage everyone in the Cornet early on and educate each other. And then along with that, now that I'm triggering that thought is, we like to kind of seek out mentors for people. So if you do join as a young leader, we kind of like to think that we can pair you up with someone who's already a member to um, educate you and make you feel more involved in the Cornet membership. But feel free to reach out to Sheila or myself if you have any questions um, or comments on anything with young leaders. Perfect. Is that you? And bringing up the rear, <laughs> the caboose. Oh, not yet. Oh, jeez. I got handed the microphone. I'm going live. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. On behalf of Sheila Sipes from Right Harem Architects and our committee, my name is Gordon Hill from Interiors for Business. Sponsorship. Cornet, the Cornet Chicago chapter is entirely funded by our local members and sponsors. Our key sponsorship strategy is the annual sponsorship program. This provides increased stability and benefits for members and a predictable revenue for the chapter. Our sponsors as you see here. Our sponsors are compri comprised of innovative com commercial real estate companies. Our annual sponsors receive a number of benefits for their contributions and are provided opportunities to increase exposure and awareness within the Chicago real estate industry. Benefits include recognition on our chapter website, all communication and events, as well as complimentary tickets to chapter meetings. So next one. Um, many of you in the, in the room are sponsors, so this would, will be familiar to you. We offer several levels of sponsorships to accommodate the diversity of our members. Go ahead, next. Your company's, your company's sponsorship dollars provide you with the premium visibility of our events and publications. At the same time, they allow Cornet to bring the best curriculum, networking opportunities, and speakers to our members. The sponsorship appreciation event, this was last year in August. We had 95 members and non-members attended. We like to network and have fun. And one more. The Chicago chapter would not be successful without the outstanding efforts in supporting committees and the enthusiasm of every committee member whose involvement is vital and appreciated. We ask interested members to consider their talents, experience, and passion may best fit and to get involved. Now the caboose. Um, Mark Dillon with Corporate Concepts representing the uh, Special Events uh, Committee along with David Pugh of uh, Canon. Our goal is to support and to say thank you to the sponsorships throughout the year and create events uh, that create camaraderie, networking, to put thoughtful events together so everyone has a chance to collide with end user opportunities and other people within the group which is kind of an outreach of even how we're greeting each other now with table captains here at the, uh, at the luncheon. Reaching across the table and introducing yourself and maybe passing a, a business card across. But we have four events that we are 
primarily responsible for with all of the other committee members. Uh, as Gordy mentioned, coming up in August, we'll have the uh, sponsorship appreciation event, the date to follow shortly. And with the discerning group that we have, we have to go out and find the very best, the very coolest, the newest spots to have these things, so we're working on that year-round. In September, out of Contigny, uh, as John had mentioned earlier, on September 20th, we have our golf outing. You're all invited to join us, but please, if you're interested, get involved early and quickly and see Beth and, and see if, uh, uh, in terms of a, a, a foursome. Our big announcement, of course, again, is the uh, November Real Awards at the Art Institute on November 7th. The event will sell out. It's a smash success. It's a wonderful event. And we, we hope that, again, all of you will join us this year for that special event. And then finally, in December, uh, we will be planning a combination membership appreciation and holiday party. Uh, date to follow, but look for exciting events like that to come. And that's the responsibility of the uh, Special Events Committee. And for that, I say thank you. If there's any other uh, comments or what have you, we'll are there questions in the, uh, please? Thank you for serving. Having, you know, having served in the smaller Rail Learning Committee, it's a huge commitment of your time, and you know, all of us on this side, yeah. thank you. That's very kind. Thank you. Is there any other questions for our panel? I know we ran a little late today, so thank you all for persevering. I hope you learned a little bit today about how membership has its privileges, and feel free to uh, grab any of our chairs here to ask further questions. So have a great summer, everybody. It's going to be sad. I, well, maybe I'll sing a song or something. <laughs> We're going to save my top 10 networking tips for the September luncheon. How's that? Okay, everybody. Thank you. We'll see you soon.